0: Well, why don't we slowly get started and let's open with prayer. Not not a slow prayer, let's open with prayer. (laughs) Heavenly Father, dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word, we thank you for your people and we pray for a blessing upon your word as we study it. We pray that the discussion will be illuminating and clarifying and we pray through your Holy Spirit that it will speak to our hearts and speak to our lives where we need instruction, where we need correction, where we need encouragement. We pray for us, we pray for those who are on the road. Please keep them safe and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So my understanding is, is that we left off in Romans 3 verse 21, is that right? Thereabouts. So, why don't we read that verse and then we're going to get started. So, Romans 3, verse 21, and I'm going to read from the NIV. But now, a righteousness from God, apart from law, has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. But now a righteousness from God apart from law has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. Now we're going to jump in the middle of chapter 3, and we're going to jump in about a quarter of the letter to the Romans. So let's do a little bit of a recap. Where are we? What have you been, what have you been doing in the past few weeks? What do you... What is Paul trying to say? What is Paul doing? Yeah. So people are learning from from God, from ab- about God, from the law and the prophets. Now, what have they learned about God, and what have they learned about themselves? So, if you were in the in the letter to Romans now, what have you what have you what have you learned about yourself? Yeah. So if, if you, if you. Can't be spared, uh, unless it's God who is so we have a righteousness. We have the law. And we have a problem because uh, none of us. Good morning. So, uh, we have a problem because none of us are. We are not Jews, are we? So we are not under the law anyway. Well, the law has not been given to us. So we have a problem. Because we are sinners. And so in Romans 1, Paul Paul starts out with with explaining, uh, everybody has a problem. You have a problem. You have a problem. I have a problem. Everybody has a problem. And he starts with the people with everybody. He says, Everybody is under the wrath of God, under the judgment of God. And if God were to judge, everybody would be judged. And then he goes to the Jews, to the Israelites, and say, you got the law. God has given you the law. God has expressed what he wants from you. And so you also have a problem. So with the law and without the law, so without the law, chapter one. With the law, chapter two. Everybody has a problem. And if Paul would stop writing there, that would be a very, very sad letter. Because it would be true. Now here's a question for you. Before we start with the good news, because this what we're gonna read study today is really, really good news. Um, So here we have the only person that applies chapter 2 to, as far as I know. Good morning. Good morning. I was just explaining that everybody has a problem. That according to Romans 1 and Romans 2, everybody has a problem with God. Whether you are under the law or without the law, everybody is under the wrath of God. Now, here's a question for you. I don't know how long you've been a believer. And I've been a believer for about 30 years now. But do you realize how great the wrath of God was that you escaped? Or do you look at yourself and do you still think, well, I'm not so bad? Now, you don't have to answer this. This is a, this is a question for you to, to take home and to think about. And I, have to, I will answer the question for myself. Um, many a day, I'm pretty satisfied with myself. And many a day, I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty OK. Of course, I'm a sinner, because that's what God's word tells me. I'm a sinner. But I'm not a very bad sinner. Does that make sense? <laughs> Well, that is God's help in everyday life, eh? Oh, but then there's always this other part that thinks to yourself, "Well, everybody loses their temper. Mm-hmm. Everybody has these thoughts. We're only human. Is that 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 can be how we think, eh? And then we can make the problem a bit smaller." And then we say, well, God, we are under wrath is such a nasty word. We are under God's wrath. It's such a nasty word. Well, God is angry, but He's not so much angry. But if we make our problem smaller, then we also make the solution smaller. And so as long as a believer as we are, it's good to be reminded and to read these words. As much as we may not like them, we are sinners. We have a problem. God is rightfully angry. And angry is too short a word. eh? God is rightfully angry with us. We are rightfully under the wrath of God. Okay. Okay. Now we talked about the law, so we have the problem, what does the law have to do with that? I'm just summarizing, recapping, before we delve into chapter 3. What does the law have to do with that? Because Paul started to talk about the law in chapter 2. What does the law have to do with this? What do we mean with the law? I hope you've talked about that. What do we mean with the law? Yeah, before we start to do what the law does, which law? The Canadian constitution? The American constitution? Which law are we talking about here? Commandments? Commandments. God's law. So it's the commandment, but it's it's covering anything that God has expressed in, you could take the first five books of the Bible... Anything that God has has expressed, which is the then commandments, but, but so much more, about how we should live. How we should stand before God. How we can become righteous. God's bar. God's standard. That is the law. And so that is what we talk about here. And then in verse 20... We didn't read that, but you did last week, I hope. First 20, Romans 3.20. Therefore. Now, therefore is an important word because it connects. Therefore is always... What is that there, therefore? Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Uh-oh. Rather... Through the law, we become conscious of sin. Uh-oh. It's not just one problem. We have two problems. What are the two problems here? Just from the verse. What are the two problems? We can obtain
1: righteousness through the law
0: That's one. Okay. That's bad news. Eh? Let, let's pass there. Let,
1: let.
0: Yeah. So we cannot become righteous through the law. That is bad news. That is not good news at all. If you were to summarize that in your own words, you cannot become righteous through the law, how would you explain that to someone who does not read their Bible? Exactly. Very good. So you have in the law things that you can do and things not to do. It's both. eh? So things to do and things not to do. That could make you righteous because God's standard is the right one. Righteous, the right standard. There's
1: laws that we need to understand.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: Uh, sorry, 613. And when you look at those 613 laws, it tells us how to behave and it tells us what to abstain And yet, it also says if you break one, you break them all. Exactly. So if you're not keeping Sabbath, you've broken all
0: the laws. that's the So, That is correct. So, if you break one, you break the entire. Uh, Law. What does righteous mean? Because that's a word that comes often in, in Romans. What does righteous mean?
1: The opposite of wrong.
0: The opposite of wrong. That is that is the that is the easy way out. how righteous. <laughs> it's a legal term, huh? Eh? It's a legal term and it's good to keep in mind what we do if you read Romans that this is a legal exposition, this is a legal explanation and so this means a right standing. Now a right standing, um, let me give an example of that just to keep in mind. Um, We had to apply, we are applying for our permanent residency here in Canada. And so the Canadian government wants to know if my wife and I are in the right standing in some of the other countries that we have lived in, including Canada. So how do we show that we are in the right standing in in the countries that we have lived in? Criminal records. Criminal records, that is one. So we had to acquire police certificates from a couple of countries to show that we are in the right standing in those countries. Now, the interesting thing is, what is in those police certificates? The things that you do wrong, or the things that you do right? It's only the things that you do wrong. (laughs) So in in our case, fortunately, they didn't catch us. So in our case, um, the police certificates are empty. That is interesting. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I can show you. I can show you. So my, 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 my certificate of right standing is an empty document. Isn't that interesting? I didn't do nothing. Absolutely nothing. I, I did do nothing wrong. But, as we said, that is only half of the law. The other half of the law is that you do things right. Now, if that were the bar for Canada, then I would have a problem because here I have a docu- document that is empty, there's nothing on it that shows that I did do nothing wrong. But where's the document with all the things that I did do, do right? You see what I mean? No. So, well, for Canada, for permanent residency, they only need to show that they didn't do anything wrong. But they didn't need to see that they did do anything right. So Canada has a very low bar for righteousness, Yeah. Now, 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 for, now for God, if God were to acquire a document from all the things that we did do wrong, would that be empty? No. It would be a very long document. It would be very problematic. If God were to acquire a document from all the things that we did do right, that would be a very short document. Maybe empty for some of us. I'm not looking at anybody. I'm not looking at anybody. I'm looking at myself. So we have a problem. We are not righteous. Now, that, back to Alice's, You were explaining. What does the law do? The law explains that we are not righteous. Rather, through the law, of was the second problem, we become conscious of sin. So there's two things. We are not righteous. And it looks at this document of all the things that we did do wrong. And all of a sudden, it puts the spotlight on it. That's what the law does. So I, if I had a document with all the things that I do wrong, you know what I would do with that? I would try to burn it. Yeah. I would try to bury it. I would, yeah. I would try to put it away. Yeah. Oh,
1: well.
0: so that's what I would do. I would not hang it on in, in, in my living room. Here's a document with all the things that I do wrong. Now, what does the law do? It puts it in your living room, and it puts a spotlight on it. So everybody who comes in your living room sees your document with all the things that you do wrong, illuminate it. Uh-oh. Well, if I come to your living room, you have one too, so that's at least... <laughs> Exactly. We have read about that. You have read about it in Romans. There are people who boast in the things that they did wrong. We are sinners. That's highlight, glorified it. What does Paul say about that?
1: that?
0: Not yet. But those people, those people who boast in their sins, in their unrighteous acts, the judgment over them is well-deserved. Judgment is coming. And boasting in it does not make it better. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Now, let's start with our text. Romans three twenty one. Stephen, would you mind reading uh, 21, 21 and 22? 21 and
1: 23? And,
0: and tw- yeah, 21, 22 and 23, yeah.
1: for all those who believe, for there is no distinction. For all
0: have sinned, and have fallen short of the glory of God. Thank you. Righteousness. So we've talked about what the righteous is. Good standing. What is righteousness? <laughs>
1: That's how you get it. Yeah. That's
0: how you get it. But what is it? What is the dummy word for righteousness? Justice? justice? Well, then he would have written justice, I think. What is righteousness? Just as an aspect of it. I would say it's the thing that makes you righteous. Righteousness is the thing that makes you righteous. And justice is a part of it, because justice is a part of being righteous. So something appears, or has been made known. That is interesting. What does that mean? That has been made, the righteousness from God, apart from law, has been made known. If you look at the history of mankind, did we always know this righteousness from God?
1: All around us, we see the goodness of God, so you cannot deny that
0: our mighty God is... He is righteous, yeah. that's right. Yeah.
1: even people don't necessarily believe.
0: It. So if I look at verse 21, it says, Righteousness from God has been made known, or your translation might have uh, has appeared, That means that it was not that there was a time when it was not there or when it was not visible. It was not known. And then Paul writes, but now. So we had a time before, and we have a time after. That's what Paul writes about. Paul says, before the righteousness from God was not known.
1: the creation of God, and after the creation of God, he was there. But once man had fallen, now we have no righteousness. And so that's why we are writing about it here, because the righteousness of God was always there right at the beginning, but because the fall of man, what happened.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's one of those things that if you read the Old Testament you can see hints of that. And that's what Paul actually writes here. To which the law and the prophets testify. So it was always there. We didn't see it. We didn't know it. So in the law and in the prophets, there are hints of this righteousness from God apart from the law. Isn't that interesting? So... The law does not make you righteous, but in the law is a hint of the righteousness apart from the law. So there's, an, well, I would not say an escape route, but there is an alternative. There's a different around. So through the law, no one becomes righteous, but apart from the law is the righteousness from God. Okay. What about this righteousness from God? Verse 22. This righteousness from God comes through the law. No. How do we get it? By faith. By faith in what? In Jesus Jesus Christ. How do we get faith in Jesus Christ? To all who believe. Everybody? Everybody? But well, everybody believes. That's right. But everybody who believes does get this righteousness from God. So what is the difference here between faith in Jesus Christ and belief? So faith is what you have believe is what you do. So it says here if you do believe so that is an act that you need to do. What do you get? You get faith. So faith is what you have believe is what you do here.
1: Believe I was <laughs> Was counted, okay. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. the, the is always there. God given because of Abraham's faithfulness. Exactly. Not. So it isn't about us, it isn't
0: about what we do, it isn't even about the
1: law. So the faithfulness
0: yeah. is Yes, yeah, so let me clarify that. When I say believe is what you do, it's not that you do good works. That is, a good, that is good to uh, point that out. And he's going to talk in chapter 4, so the next chapter, he's going to talk about Abraham. He says, did Abraham get, because Abraham was not under the law, so how did, how did Abraham become righteous? Was it through his works or through faith? And then Paul is going to make it very clear, it was not through works, because through works nobody becomes righteous. It had to be through faith. So when I say believe is what you do, that means that it's not the good works that you do, but that believing is not something uh, that you can just lay in your bed and passively wait. Well, maybe I believe, maybe I don't believe. Maybe I get faith, maybe I don't get faith. There is something that you need to do and say. So what do you need to do when you believe? When you believe in Jesus Christ, what do you do? You, you come. You come you, you come, you repent. What does that mean? You repent to God and you say to God. What do you say to God when you repent? Forgive,
1: yes.
0: forgive me and, and forgive me on, on what basis? Because it's illegal, yeah? so if you come for a judge and you say, Please forgive me, yeah. for why? For sins, but why should the judge, why should God forgive?
1: Because I oh, go Because he says he of our sins if we believe in well,
0: Because someone else, because know. someone else paid.
1: that you believe that he has that ability to forgive you. So, exactly that's where the belief from. Because uh, if you look at um, I think when Jesus healed them, um, I can't remember the exact the Pharisees they were like, um why when he said he should go that his sins are forgiven. They had the issue that he was able to forgive sins, right? But they didn't have an issue that he was able to heal. So they had faith that he could heal but the believing part was an issue. Yeah. So I am looking at it that way, believing it's you now
0: asserting that you those abilities to forgive your sins. There is an ability to forgive. And the ability to forgive is because they, something happened. And again, we, if, you, if you go through a judge here on Earth, uh, and you have a parking ticket, and you say, please forgive me of my parking ticket," then it just says, so who's going to pay? And he said, well, I can't pay, but please forgive me. But the, the judge will say, well, somebody has to pay. So if, if, you, if you don't pay, then who, who's going to pay? And he said, well, I was hoping that you would just forgive me. And he just said, I cannot do that. Because that would not be justice. You parked wrong. You got a ticket. Somebody needs to pay for that. The judge cannot just wipe out that would be injustice and if we take that that, that poor example and to God we know that God is perfectly just and that it is difficult for us to grasp but God is perfectly just and so we need to come to God and say well I have nothing to pay that is belief I have nothing to pay I am a sinner I have nothing to pay please forgive me and then God asks so why would I forgive you And then we say because of Jesus. Because of the Lord Jesus, you can forgive me. And then on earth, a judge would look in his in his in his in his law book and say, well, can somebody else pay? Sure. If somebody else pays your parking ticket, you're good to go. You You can go. And God looks in his law book and says, well, somebody paid the price. Blood has been flown. Somebody paid the price. You're good to go. This righteousness from God, so outside of the law, verse 22, comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference. Now, that is good news. We had an enormous problem. And then Paul made it two problems because we were sinners. And then the law told us that we were sinners. So we had a second problem. And then here we have the solution. There is a righteousness from God through, through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference. Verse 23, Rose, would you mind reading verse 23 and 24? And 24? And all are justified his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Thank you. Oh, this is such a glorious verse. All have sinned. Oh, that's not glorious at all. All have sinned. Why does Paul repeat it here? We already knew that. In chapter 1 and chapter 2, he already told everybody. Nobody is righteous. Why does Paul repeat it here? All have sinned. Such a nasty message. Why does he say that? I think he just wants to
1: just remind
0: Exactly. The righteous for the unrighteous. And
1: the price pay is huge.
0: Yeah. And so we need to be reminded, all have sinned. And we don't like to hear it. We don't like to think about ourselves as sinners. Not something we like to dwell on. And that's why we need to be reminded. All have sinned. You and me. All have sinned And fall short of the glory of God. Again, he said that eh? in chapter 1. Nobody reaches the glory of God. And in chapter 3, verse 10, just on the previous page. There is no one righteous, not even one. Verse 11, there is no one who understands. No one who seeks God. Nobody. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I like your translation, uh, Rose, in 24. And it says, and all are justified. So we have, all have sinned, and all are justified. Wow. What does justified mean? What does justified mean? (sighs) Bless you. I'm glad I asked, what, is, what does justified mean? <laughs> who, who works here with, with um, uh, Word, Word processing? Who, who types Word documents? Nobody? So if you type something, so if you type uh, something in, in, in Word or even uh, whatever the Apple version is, then what you can do is you can align so you can put everything on the left side, left side for you. Or you can put, switch everything in the middle. Or you can switch everything to the right. You know that? Or you can fill it out. So that's both on the left and on the right side. So if you look in your Bible, your Bible typically is a line. So both, both columns on the left and on the right, you can put a ruler next to it. And sometimes in your Bible, if you have, say, Psalms, some Bibles do that, they put it in the middle, so that all the words are in the the middle there. Justified is actually the technical term in your word processor to align everything to the left and to the right. That is justified. And so it's the same for us. When we are justified, we are aligned to the left and to the right. We are filled up. We don't go wrong this way. We don't go wrong that way. We are fully aligned. Have you ever driven in a car that is not aligned? So when you put the tires on and you don't align the tires. Does that feel comfortable if you drive in a, in a car that is not aligned? Yeah. Well, not really, eh? Because <laughs> you're sort of, and you, go, you go through the curve and you basically, you're not aligned. So aligned and justified, you can think about that. We are justified. Do we need to do something for that? Do we need to work to be justified? No. That is the amazing thing. We are aligned with God. We are set right with God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace. Now, how do we get that grace? And there we're going to end. How do we get that grace? To your Bible, verse 20, uh, 24. How do we get that grace? Sorry, can you say that again? I said um there's this verse in the Bible that says
1: the grace of God has appeared unto all man. So yeah. I don't think we actually do anything of our own human and call
0: to get the grace of God. That's right. The grace of God has appeared. You still need to take it. You still need to accept it. So there is one thing that you need to do. You need to come, as as we said before, with empty hands. And say, God, I'm a sinner. I need your grace. And then as you rightfully point out, grace has been appeared. It's there. So you can take it. You don't need to look far for it. Through the redemption, freely by grace, through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So it is faith in Jesus Christ and redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So, these verses are truly good news. And this is in the letter. Well, he started out with, in Romans 1, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it's the power of God for salvation. That's where Paul started out in Romans 1. And then you read only Romans 1 and Romans 2 and Romans 3, and then you see we have a problem. We fall short of the glory of God. We are sinners. The law comes. The law tells us that we're sinners. So the problems get bigger and bigger and bigger. For everyone, for everyone, everyone has a problem. And now, in this part, he says, and here is the good news. And then he's going to take... Chapters 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8, to expand on that good news there. So here is really one of the uh, changing points in the letter to, to to the Romans. Righteousness from God, righteousness from God, verse 22, through faith in Jesus Christ, for all have sinned and all are justified. Now, if you want to do some homework uh, this week, memorize these verses, because this is the basis of our faith. So if anyone comes to you and say, hey, you sinner, they say, yeah, I am a sinner. But, but now, verse 22, a righteousness from God has appeared. All have sinned, all are justified. That is the summary of these verses. And he's going to talk on, so we're going to start, we're going to do that next week. All have sinned, all are justified. By faith. Why don't we give thanks, and then we... Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you paid the price for our sins. And as the letter of Romans convicts us, we have sinned. And we all have sinned. And we'll fall short of the glory of God. And Lord Jesus, we have to confess that sometimes it's so easy to look at ourselves and to 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 make our sins smaller, to make our problems smaller, to compare ourselves with others and say, well, we we are sinners, but maybe not as bad as they. But Lord Jesus, this letter convicts us that before a holy God we have a big problem. We are sinners. And we thank you so much that the Lord Jesus has saved us from ourselves, saved us from our sins, and that grace has appeared. And that through faith, that by belief, we can have this faith and that we can see this righteousness that comes for all, that comes through faith to all who believe. We thank you that we're justified and that we're rightly aligned with you now through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. We pray that these words will resonate in our minds, will resonate in our hearts, and will stir us up to praise and thanksgiving and new lives. Please go, with, please go with us as we go from here. In Jesus' name. Amen.